This copyrighted podcast is presented by the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council. The opinions and views shared by those of non-paid guests on the business of blueberries are those of our guests and do not represent the views, positions, or policies of the USHBC. The blueberry industry is like no other, passionate, resilient, and innovative. This podcast is your source for the latest information on the management, markets, research, and technology related to blueberry production. This is the business of blueberries. Here's your host, president of the U.S. Highbush Blueberry Council, Casey Cronquist. Well, welcome back to another episode of the Business of Blueberries, the only podcast dedicated exclusively to the blueberry industry. If you're a regular podcast listener, you'll know how strongly I believe that there is a lot of runway left for blueberries. We still have so much market potential to tap into both domestically and around the world. You've heard it mentioned on multiple episodes, including a couple weeks ago with Brian Bocock and three episodes earlier this year that I co-hosted with Alicia Adler. Alicia is the Vice President of Global Business Development at USHBC and NABC, and I'm glad to have her back on the show today to co-host this episode. Welcome back, Alicia. Thanks, Casey. Happy to be back. Yes. Well, I'm excited about this episode, and you're back by popular demand. I think you can see not only in, obviously, the analytics that we have on the show, but certainly the shows that you've had the response we've gotten from people who are interested in the business that you're in as our vice president of global business development. So I think, you know, we had originally talked to you and I about having three episodes, kind of see how it goes. <laughs> and now we've seen how it goes and you're back. So more Alicia and the work that you're in needs to be talked about. So we're going to keep this uh, going and listeners will remember our three previous episodes talking about India, South Korea, and global CPG trends. But today we're going to be talking specifically about the 2021 export outlook, which is timely. We again had Brian and Tom Barnes on talking a little bit about their anticipation for the big year in blueberries, the experience we're going to go through here on a record-breaking crop domestically. But as that domestic season rolls in, that means we're moving fruit out of the country too. And uh, those USA blueberries are going to have places to go around the world. So why don't we talk a little bit what makes you excited about today's episode? So yeah, like you said, today's episode is you know a continuation of the conversations that we've had or builds on what we've been discussing in the past three international episodes. And it's been really interesting, the feedback that we've gotten, just not only from industry, but internationally, some of the customers that import blueberries have listened. And it's almost, it's influencing their opinion and, and they've really gotten plugged into the podcast as well. So that's been really exciting to see. But, you know, as I am knee deep in export program planning, implementation, the export shipping season is underway, particularly from the Southern region, as well as California. And I have conversations with many of the exporters frequently, including our guests today. And I thought, you know, let's just show a snapshot of what's happening right now, what the outlook is going into this season, and kind of share some perspective of what to expect. Well, there's certainly a lot to talk about, both from your perspective and also the perspective of our featured guest today, Terry Faisal. Terry is the Director of International Sales at Organberry Packing. He's been an international trader for 20 years, and he's the former Director of Marketing for the Oregon Department of Agriculture. So today, Terry, welcome to the Business of Blueberries. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. 
Terry, so Casey just gave a brief overview of your background, but can you introduce everyone to Oregon Berry Packing and what you do specifically for the company? Sure. Um, Oregon Berry is a vertically integrated grower, packer, shipper, marketing company. We were established about 70 years ago with Roy and Barb Malinsky, and their two sons run it now, uh, in addition to Roy and Barb. So we've had the benefit of being in one spot for a really long time and also having some some markets available to us for a very long time. So we are an export-driven company. 100% of what we do, everything we put in the ground, everything we, we pack, ship, and market has a, an export bent to it. We do a, a lot of domestic product too. Uh, simply because not all the fruit can go export, but our every intention when we plant a blueberry is that it's going to end up overseas somewhere. Well, and so can you talk a little bit about the markets that you've been working in or traded in and kind of focus more specifically on Asia? Yeah. You know, being on the West Coast, we have a, a competitive advantage with Asia, California, Oregon, Washington, certainly you know, a pretty easy jumping off point. So as a trader, when you start to look at programs and sales, you try and create a competitive advantage for yourself. And that typically happens in the transportation side. I'm sure we'll get into transportation more in this uh, discussion, but that's really what made me lean into Asia. Uh, I've done a lot of work in China, some on the e-commerce side, you know, and then the rest of Southeast Asia, Japan. So it's a wonderful, wonderful market, I think, and full of so much variability and opportunity that anybody can really find a home and start to build your business out of there. Well, this is already a great discussion. And I know everyone listening can't wait to get back to the outlook of exports for 2021. But before we do, let's take a break for our crop report. We're still early in our domestic season. But there's already been quite a bit to discuss. So here, once again, is your Blueberry Crop Report. It's time now for your Blueberry Crop Report, an update on crop conditions and markets from important blueberry growing areas. Today, you'll hear from Mario Ramirez in Mexico, Neil Moore in North Carolina, Eric Staffney in Mississippi, Ken Patterson in Florida, Bill Steed in California, and Darren Wheeler in Georgia. This was recorded on May 19th, 2021. Hi everyone, here Mario from Maneveris from Mexico with the Blueberry Report from Mexico. This week, we can see an important decrease of 23% on our volume exported. The total volume was 5,500,000 pounds to all the world, while 5 million goes to the USA and the Canadian market. This season, we grow around 22% with the world exported with a volume of 125 million pounds. This is all in my report. See you next week. Well, hi, this is Ken Patterson from Florida um, with the crop report. For all intents and purposes, Florida has finished their harvest. I've only gotten a report from one commercial farm that is still picking and that will end this week. It looks like Florida is going to hit its estimate of 24 million pounds. And on next week's report, I will put Florida's harvest to bed with a final number. As of May 15th, Florida had shipped 23.4 million pounds. And that's the Florida report. 
Hello, I'm Neil Moore from North Carolina. It's a pleasure to be with you today. In North Carolina, we had a really serious hailstorm across a large area of the blueberry growing region last week, and it devastated our area pretty severely. Uh, North Carolina's crop was originally predicted to be about 45 million pounds, but as of today, with the damage that was so widespread, we're predicting about 20 million pounds fresh and have no gauge or inkling on what process would be this coming year if it's even, you know, with the hail damage making a large part of our industry unmarketable fruit. Uh, we're in the early part of our season, so to date, there is no pest pressure or disease pressure to report. Our crop size is still up in the air, as I said earlier, after the hailstorm. Predictions right now are just 20 million pounds fresh for the season, and we have no gas on process. And uh, that's the report that I have for you this week. Thank you. Uh, this is Darren Wheeler from Georgia. Uh, weather continues to be good. Uh, temperatures have remained in the uh, 60s at night and the 80s during the day. Uh, but we do expect temperatures to climb up into the 90s next week. Disease pressure continues to be light as most growers are on a tight spray schedule. Uh, the varieties we're picking are Emerald, Star, Key Crisp, Susie Blue, and Farley. Early rabbit eye varieties are anticipated to start late, 20, late week 21 in the southern and central regions. Uh, Year-to-date uh, fresh blueberry shipments through May 16, 2021 are 15,500,000 pounds of conventional. And on the organic side, it's 1,097,000 pounds of organic. Growers continue to report labor shortages in the field and in the packing shed. And that is my report from Georgia. This is Eric Staffing of Mississippi State University giving the report for Mississippi, Louisiana. This week, the rain continued as it has in past weeks and Louisiana has experienced torrential rains and flooding. Our harvest status is that we have Southern high bush is roughly about 75 to 80% completed and rabbit eye harvest should start next week. With the earlier freeze that uh, we had and on all this uh, uh, rainfall that we've had this spring, uh, we've had some pollination issues and disease. So therefore the blueberry crop from Mississippi will likely be lower than we at first estimated. Uh, this is Bill Steed with the uh, California Crop Report. Overall, the entire state is in basically in full harvest. Uh, weather has been very positive. Labor is a definite issue. It will impact the all the overall packouts for California. Beamrick is showing that we're trailing from last year by maybe a, a million pounds. And our forecast for the 21 season is still holding at 88, of which 40 is uh, conventional, 30 is um, organic, and the balance being processed. So that is my report for California. Thanks so much to our busy growers who take the time to participate in these reports. As a reminder, you can go to the new USHBC website where you'll find our data and insights center to see more data of what's happening in the blueberry industry. We've made a snapshot view of the USDA data on the production and price, an online resource for everyone to access easily and quickly. So make sure you check out ushbc.org forward slash data. Now, I don't know, Terry, have you seen our new data and insights center? Uh, yeah. Yeah. What do you think? So far, so good? Really good. Well, I'm hoping more people like you will continue to come back to our landing page, that one in particular, and take advantage of these resources because you know, the more information we have on 
the way the market's performing domestically, but obviously we're going to be talking about you know ways in which people can learn more about export opportunities. It's just exciting to see these resources coming together online. But that said, I'll hand things back over to Alicia. Thanks, Casey. So now I want to shift over to this upcoming export season. And you and I, like I said, have had several conversations recently, which is what really inspired this podcast. I said, this conversation would be great for the podcast just to talk about kind of what what I'm seeing from USHBC's perspective, and then, you know, having that perspective in terms of the business side, and what we're looking at this year, especially coming out of the pandemic and still dealing with the challenges that, you know, that situation presents. So from your perspective, how is demand looking globally right now in 2021 for blueberries? I think after last year, and certainly with COVID, you know, everybody's on their heels or was last year, and it creates a lot of uncertainty and uncertainty are never good for markets. One of the things that I always look to is when we start discussing things other than price, the bigger question this year is going to be who's available to ship. It's not just a matter of growing and packing good fruit. It's being able to get the lift done. You know, the costs associated with that lift are going up dramatically. And what I think is going to happen is we're going to have a pretty good pull domestically. And typically when there's a significant pull domestically, it means that less fruit is going to the export markets. Well, that's fine because the market reacts pretty quickly. And if there's a need or a demand in one area, people can shift over. But this year, that drumbeat for the tempo of the shipping is so much longer and so much more difficult to set up and establish that, you know, I think it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. We may have a situation similar to last year. And I think, you know, Casey brought up a really good point about demand. The the almond market came out today at 3.2 billion subjective pounds for this year's estimate. That's a really significant increase. And there's been a couple of things that have happened. There's been some innovation that occurs with regard to you know new products on the nut side. Uh, we haven't seen that yet necessarily on the blueberry side. And the other thing that happened was a significant amount of research. And this is where USHBC comes into play because you can be a clearinghouse and, and a collector. And Casey brought this up earlier about the data that you house. And when those studies, and there's been a lot of them, there's a lot of information about the benefits of blueberries on health and, and all types of things that it's good for. When those come to light and people start you know, eating and, and making decisions based on how they purchase things on health, then I think we've got a lot more runway. And I believe that we're at the infancy. And I think this is coinciding also with some new varieties that are going to be game-changing also. And ultimately, getting back to our original comment about demand and what it looks like, you know, the consumer is going to tell us what we need to ship because it doesn't matter what I grow. It matters what they want. And if we can provide that, they're going to take it. And I think that we're all hearing the same thing. I want bigger, firmer you know, just better blueberries, better eating experience. And as long as we, you know, put our head down and and drive to that end, 
I think we're going to find consumers that are going to be happy to take our products. You know, Terry, you said that demand based on health messaging and demand for healthy food is internationally, as it relates to blueberries, is in its infancy. And, you know, what we've been seeing is that there is a lack of awareness of the health benefits and nutritional benefits of blueberries. So, you know, internationally, do you see the opportunity and do you see the health message as that key to drive demand in these targeted markets where, you know, exports are already starting to grow? Yeah, I think that that kind of messaging will pay dividends beyond the simple message and the opportunity to sell products in that moment. I think that lexicon and vernacular, if it creeps into wherever we're selling to, it for us, it's, you know, Asia. And food and, and health are synonymous over there. Uh, food and medicine, to a large part. So there is a lot of upside and messaging that we can do to promote the benefits of blueberries. And, you know, they coincide with a lot of the benefits that most first world populations are facing with obesity and diabetes and, you know, heart health. I think the opportunity is wide open. And, you know, everyone can talk about that, but it's incumbent upon all of us to message that. I mean, if we have studies and a place to house it at USHBC or NABC or wherever we do that, that's great. But then we all still have to talk about it and believe it. That's how you really convey messages is if you're committed to it. Uh, To your point, it's like making sure that there's an organization and a way in which the collective effort can be saying the same thing the same way in all these different markets that are out there. But I think my question, Terry, is really around, you know, how do you make those decisions at Oregon Berry Packing? And what's your sense of what you'd like to see the industry do in that same sort of relationship and commitment to the export marketing? Right. I mean, that's a great question, uh, Casey. And I think it's the difference between, you know, a strategic sale and a tactical one. You know, if you're simply filling an order, and I diminish that because that takes a lot. Anytime you're, you're moving anything offshore, it, it's a lot of work and you got to be doing a lot of things right beforehand. But for us, and that's all I can really speak to is most of our customers have been very, very long time customers. And we feel responsible for their well-being. So if we pull out of a market and don't have any fruit for them. And that has happened. If the fruit isn't quality, we're we're not going to ship it. But if we just arbitrarily pulled out of a market because, you know, we could get two bucks more flat domestically, that's not being a very good partner. And I think the key is if you're going to export, you got to export with partners and partnerships mean you're responsible for one another. You know, Brian Malinsky always says, you know, there are times that that we give and they take, and there are times that we take and they give. That push-pull sounds, you know, kind of trite, but frankly, it's what makes sure that both partners are making money in a given season. You know, you've got to be accountable to one another because that relationship is so much more than just driving it down to the DC and LA. It's making sure the fruit arrives, knowing what it is, you know, all those pieces, and then being accountable 
for each other all the way through. And conversely, if all of a sudden, you know, we have a customer who decides to, you know, buy the cheapest stuff they can and then come back, that's hard to keep that commitment with those customers. So it goes both ways. The better those relationships are, the easier it is to set up programs and have that fruit flow. So Terry, with that in mind, I want to talk about China. So a lot is happening right now. A lot happened last year with the market opening after many years and many people involved in that effort. And uh, unfortunately, it was late in the season combined with the challenges from the pandemic. This year is really our opportunity as the U.S. industry to penetrate the market and send some initial shipments. And, you know, from USHBC's perspective, we have an export program in place, small. We're really trying to assess the opportunity and see how the market develops this year. But, you know, we've been having conversations. Oregon Berry is an approved packer to China. And having these conversations with other approved exporters, China requires a list of facilities to be inspected and approved. So there is, you know, a limited scope of suppliers that can export there. And what we're really, you know, trying to understand is what's going to happen from the industry's perspective and being step in step with what's going on so that USHBC's program is as effective as possible. So we're not promoting when there's no product there (laughs) or, you know, or if we're celebrating the arrival of blueberries, we want to make sure there are blueberries. So, you know, can you speak to how you see this season playing out with China, given the, you know, many trade barriers right now? So you've got the trade barrier thing going on and that is fluid. And there are people that will ship and have successful shipments this year. I'm sure of it. Hopefully we're one. But, you know, the thing that I always remember about China is it's so deep and there's so much depth to that marketplace to be able to really define it by one thing. For example, you know, Shanghai or Tianjin or or wherever you're going to say the China market is this. It's not because there are so many markets and submarkets and players and, and larger players and smaller players that. I mean, and this is the great thing about the blueberry industry. It's not all big company to big company. There are a ton of opportunities in other cities uh, that aren't first here that are really, really significant. I've seen marketing plans for people that say, I'm not going to touch a tier one city. I'm only going to go tier two and three, but I'm going to own those cities. And there are a lot of different ways to do it. and the part that is really hard for me even now to wrap my mind around is just how many different marketplaces you can play in there. It's almost infinite. And it's one of those things that if someone will go and spend the time and do it, there is a big opportunity in that marketplace. And I believe personally that it will open up more and more and more as acceptance and and demand builds. We're going to see fruit flowing into China, I believe, out of the U.S. Well, and I often play devil's advocate, or others do, (laughs) and, you know, question the Chinese domestic blueberry crop that's growing quickly. There's other origins, specifically Peru. If you just heard the podcast, um, they have 
a very high projected increase in exports to China. You know, so where does the U.S. fit into that with the additional tariff, the newness to the market, and the competition from other origins? Right. And you mentioned Peru. They are really aggressive and going to continue to, you know, bite at the margin, you know, one way or the other on top of our seasons. The part that I go back to, and I had a discussion today with a a trader that does almost exclusively in China, and he was saying that, you know, the cachet of the American brand is still really solid, especially in a day of COVID and food safety concerns. The other piece is we do have some very distinct advantages. The good operators that know how to export can land fruit consistently, which, you know, that's job one. You've got to get good product in front of the customers, otherwise they're not going to buy it. And then the other part is we get back to our volumes are going up and we're growing more blueberries, but we haven't even scratched demand yet. This can be a year-round fruit and everybody should have it in their refrigerators all the time. We're not there. And then you've got countries like China that don't have a really, really well-established domestic crop yet. And they're just beginning to get into the front end of how good blueberries are. And of course, as food service and travel comes back, that demand is going to just be increasing. Right. I mean, when I I look at the numbers, just in terms of the scale of population, this was a few years ago, but I'm sure it's even true more so that the middle income group of China of consumers is the size of the entire U.S. population. And within that, you know, the per capita consumption of blueberries specifically is very low. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's that's what excites me about the market. We're up for the challenge. And I just want the industry to know that USHBC is investing in the long-term presence to support U.S. exports. And in addition, launching the USA Blueberry Program and China is, you know, definitely one of the first markets to go to with it. Absolutely. And then, you know, of course, what's happening too is we've always kind of put our hat on and said, okay, this is Malaysia, this is Vietnam, this is Thailand, this is China, and acted as though those were very much siloed in a box. But when we start to look at specifically China, just because they're so much further ahead than everyone else, the e-commerce piece and how that blends over from one country to another. It's all becoming one thing digitally. So now you've got marketplaces that actually transcend borders that are able to go with centralized buying and then deliver to any of a number of sites or even consumers eventually. So there is a lot of runway there in those pieces too. I guess my my question is, you sound bullish on China. And if you were to pick markets around the world that you'd like to see USHBC, you know, focus its attention on, where on the scale of target markets is China in your mind? When I look at the US, I don't necessarily look at, okay, uh, the East Coast has Europe and we have Asia and that's the way it is. Anything that I send offshore is not being sold in the US. That benefits any other producer that delivers to the US because there's less fruit, higher price, right? So I think if we look at the opportunity to move fruit, and it doesn't matter where it comes from, into China in any form, 
it's only going to help our growers and our, our shippers because you've got a willing and able partner that can take a lot more fruit. It makes all of us a lot more efficient. And my contention is even when it's not unique and you're not selling the unusual, when it becomes commonplace, our supply chains are going to become so much more efficient, hopefully, and we'll be able to actually normalize price and be really good at it. And you're confident China's a long-term play for the U.S. industry. The best way to fail is to not look at it long-term because you can't do anything well over there quickly. Yeah, it's a commitment. But once it starts paying dividends, it just keeps paying dividends and they get bigger and bigger. All right. Well, let's take a quick break here for our marketing boost. We'll be right back to this conversation in a moment. But for now, here's USHBC NABC Vice President of Marketing Communications, Jennifer Sparks. Thanks, Casey. May 26th is coming up. Do you know what day that is? It's a day when two of the calendar's favorite foods come together. Yep. May 26th is National Blueberry Cheesecake Day. Cheesecake is so good, but add the beauty and delicious taste of blueberries and it's taken to a whole new level. Once again, USHBC is your marketing partner to save you time and make it easy to promote blueberries in a fun way with professional marketing materials right at your fingertips. Let's get the industry and consumers alike professing their love for blueberry cheesecake. Just go to ushbc.org slash boost toolkit and click on the social media content button to find a fun, easy to use ad graphic to share on your social media channels and get people drooling for blueberries on May 26th. Be sure to tag at blueberries and include hashtag grab a boost of blue in your caption so we'll see it and can highlight you as an industry champion. The Grab a Boost of Blue Resource Hub is your go-to advertising agency any day of the year. Take a few minutes to become familiar with the professional, creative resources available to you, courtesy of USHBC. This has been your Marketing Boost. Thank you for your partnership, as together we inspire the world to grab a boost of blue. Back to you, Casey. Thanks, Jenny. Now back to today's episode with Alicia and Terry. I do want to talk about Vietnam and Southeast Asia as to kind of wrap up our discussion, Terry. I mean, this is like China, another, you know, emerging region um, and Vietnam in particular. It uh, opened in 2019 for fresh blueberries from the U.S. to be exported to Vietnam. And, you know, even throughout the pandemic last year, we saw the market demand still strong. What is that? look like going into this season? Um, We're already seeing shipments arrive. Our promotions have been activated. And from what we hear, the market's hot and product is moving. We're anticipating a, a good year in Vietnam specifically. It's a unique market just because the age of the consumer is so young. I mean, this is a really young country and they move quickly. And the digital aspect is is probably doubly important there. Even though they do blend the wholesale markets and the retail with that digital pretty well, it's not just one or the other. One doesn't necessarily overshadow the others uh, that much. But that market is really neat because a lot of the consumers over there are the lifelong learners and the early adapters and and really what you get with a, a younger population. So a lot of the new information that we're providing, a lot of the 
update information, the, the things that we talk about with regard to our specific crop, they drink it up. And when you've got a consumer that wants to know, I mean, blueberries are a really compelling story. And it's kind of a great crop to be exporting because it's always in our summertime and you know things are always better in the summertime. And regardless of where your blueberries come from, that market in particular seems to to want to know a lot about how we're doing it and what we're putting in as far as our efforts into getting those blueberries to them. So I think that speaks really well for volume moving forward and demand. Just getting the program up and running this season, we are working with more retailers and importers in Vietnam, and they are really appreciative of our health messaging materials, of what findings that we know that blueberries bring to consumers and give in terms of nutrition and health. And they've been adopting it into their own promotional strategy. So we're providing the support, but then, you know, when they talk to their own customers, the message just expands exponentially. So that's been really interesting to see what the USHUC has invested in, um, the industry's invested in, see that play out in the market and have that partnership with their retailers. I'm, I'm really excited for the season and how it plays out. Right. I would really agree with that, Alicia, because I think when you look at the display ads that I've seen that you've been behind that messaging gets much more even and more consistent, which I think only helps our industry. I think when you guys provide the oversight, not only does do the dollars get spent better, but the messaging is more consistent, which I think is every bit as important when we're trying to get the word out how great this is, that we're all saying the same thing. You sound, and I think our audience can tell, impassioned about the future of this business, but specifically in our ability to move markets around the globe. Is there anything that you'd like our audience who, you know, let's admit we're kind of nerding out on blueberries here as a collective group. If you're listening to the business of blueberries, you know, you've got a specific interest on how this industry is going to move forward. And what is it that you'd like the audience to know from your perspective on what the future still has yet ahead for blueberries? For me, I think that my customer is only going to be as optimistic as I am. And if I don't have anything more compelling to tell them than just, hey, you know, we've been doing this for a long time and we've got these berries and you should buy them. I'm not going to be as excited as a consumer or a buyer. If I have a compelling reason why I can provide a better service or actually listen to exactly what they're looking for, I need to be doing that. And whether that's planting new varieties, whether that's improving my my method of shipment or packing, you know, there's a ton of stuff being done with package design now. There are a lot of things that we need to listen to. And for me, I guess if if we listen to our customers say, I, I want this, it's exciting to be able to deliver something that your buyer wants. I mean, that's our job. That's why we get up every day. I agree. And and excited to hear your enthusiasm, especially for, you know, when we talk about that runway, that vanishing point that's still out there for blueberries, uh, encouraging to hear from your perspective and with your background on the things you've seen in other commodities on where uh, blueberries is 
looking to go next and next and putting the resources in place to do it. So very, very encouraging. Thank you for sharing. You bet. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, Terry. Alicia, another great episode. I hope everyone is as excited as I am. And it sounds like Terry is for these marketing opportunities for blueberries around the world. What do you hope our listeners are taking away from today's episode? Well, what I take away is the optimism that Terry has for the export markets, not just this year, um, which we're already seeing, but the long-term outlook for U.S. blueberry exports internationally and their potential in the particular the Asian markets in Southeast Asia and how his expectation that the health message will spread. And that's really what will drive demand and market development is aligned well with USHVC's programming that we've been activating over the past year. Yeah, I would say similarly, my sense of his enthusiasm for market development for year-round supply, almost like looking at the U.S. market as the example of what growing demand looks like and repeating it in these other markets around the world through year-round access. That seemed to come out loud and clear and that he's in particular not afraid of competition in order to encourage that you know kind of ubiquitous use of blueberries in the home around in these different marketplaces it's going to require more people putting more berries into these markets in order to essentially mirror what we've seen in demand growth in the United States the other thing that i think it was important for our audience to hear and he said it which is the work is worth it you know once you get established either as a shipper or as blueberries into, you know, I think in particular at the time he was talking about China, once you're in that work it took to get there, the work to establish yourself, it starts to pay dividends for the companies and the industry in growing, you know, the opportunity we have in the business of blueberries. So I was just really encouraged by how he was able to kind of put all that together in today's episode for sharing and encouragement. Oh, yeah. The value of the U.S. brand is not going away. And that's something that has been welcomed internationally, especially this year as we've launched the USA Blueberry logo and program. They are excited about it internationally around the world. They're excited to see it um, and be able to put it on their package or put on their promotion and advertising that they're buying U.S. blueberries. So um, it's exciting. I'm, I'm excited to share the results of the industry as the season progresses. Awesome. All right. Well, that's it for episode 48. If your company is interested in learning more about export markets, feel free to reach out to Alicia. She's the tremendous resource that Terry says she is to our industry about accessing these global markets. You can also find her contact information on our website at ushbc.org. Well, that's it. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back next week with more innovation, collaboration, family, and hard work right here on the Business of Blueberries. Alicia there to answer the call. She answers your call, right? <laughs> if you call. <laughs> yes, she does. She picks up really late sometimes. So. <laughs>